0: It's very, it's very unusual that the second day of this Zman is usually we're still in the hello stage of the year. At the end of the year, there are plenty of goodbyes. At the second day of this Zman, we're typically Isaac and, and hellos and welcoming people and together getting comfortable, that, that art of getting comfortable. And our job to helping people get comfortable, that's the main focus, a big focus, is helping guys get comfortable. And, and that's the main thing we're thinking about. I want the guys, certainly the guys that are returnees here, to please think about that Yehuda. There's so many new guys. This journey will be an incredible year. There guy at the beginning, you have an uncertainty where to put myself, where to go, and guys feeling uncomfortable, will I ever belong? Especially coming from school environment where you're told exactly where to be. And you're in trouble if you're not. So you simply you have to be. So you go class to class. So the guy goes from an environment where he was told where to be minute by minute of the day, and whatever is much harder when you're not told where to be. It brings up a lot of insecurities and un- Do I belong here? Could I be here? Do I fit here? You come to share this room, that room, and I ask the guys and the main focus of guys who've been here already help people get comfortable. They'll find their schedule, they'll find their relationship, find their connections, help guys adjust. And that's a big mindset, certainly on my mind a lot now, I, want, I plan on spending the year you decline. I plan on spending a lot of time. Right now, I'm busy helping a guy who just came, many guys who just came, trying to get comfortable, trying to find their way, trying to feel the place. That dominates my mind right now. I've asked the dorm counselors to be dominated by thoughts of getting guys comfortable, the rebellion, dominated by thoughts of just helping guys find their place. That My mind's so occupied here it's like funny on the second day of the yeshiva to say goodbye. And, and really, there's somebody I feel very, very close to. We've been zayichet to have real conversations, especially in the last six months, in the last kufa of our friendship, we've had some very, very meaningful conversations. And Rav Srili is somebody who ha- has a long history in the yeshiva, part of the yeshiva, giving to the yeshiva, working with the yeshiva, working for the yeshiva, and he's, he's headed to Florida today. The, and, and he's leaving, he's leaving the yeshiva. We, we're optimistic and hopeful and asking that he comes back. Shabbat say's, that he comes back often, he always has a place here and always is welcome here, but it is, there is a period of goodbye. I'll be honest, my mind now is like saying hellos and this, the end of the year, if he was leaving, it was like the flow was goodbyes, and today it's hellos, but Srili really going and he's moving to Florida. The reason he's here at the beginning is he helped us transition. Morty Manchik is doing some of the work that Srili was doing for the yeshiva, and he, kindly stayed on to help the transition, to help the year get off to a good positive start. When I think about Rav Sroli, there's, there's a lot of pictures. I'm a very visual guy. My mind goes to like a picture. My picture, and this Sroli is, is, is somebody who honestly likes learning Torah, just that alone. Somebody, in Arbe mesh who has an honest like for Limit Torah, is somebody who... Um, Amongst the many character traits and types and kind, just has an honest like for learning Torah. And my picture when we, when the yeshiva five years ago was shut down and we were sitting in tents in Munsi, and it was a complicated time. Srili sat in that tent. Srili sat in that tent learning all day. He was learning with guys. At a very difficult time in the yeshiva, he was there, very sturdy, very steady, doing his learning, connecting to guys, being there for guys. That's something I'll never forget, that picture. The picture is a picture of loyalty, the picture is a picture of Avasat The picture is a picture of friendship. We were all very rocked. Guys like the yeshiva, guys had been here years and all of a sudden we're not here. We're sitting in Munsi. It was unsettling, very, none of us knew the future of the yeshiva. Now we look back, we got back after two months. It wasn't Pashat. It wasn't simple. And at like this unsettling time, he was there, it was, really was there. Giving, learning, caring, friendship—I saw a lot of loyalty, and and this is this is something forever. I'll be have a lot of gratitude. For. That picture is what I saw the whole time here. A loyal friend, a good friend. Many, many guys benefited from Rev. Sholley's friendship. I spoke yesterday. I spoke yesterday about using parts of all our parts have a place in the base medrash. All our parts have a place. The best givers you know of, I know people who are astounding givers, have a taker's part to themselves. And there's a place for the taker's part. I have a friend, a different friend I'm thinking, who likes nice things, he likes money a lot. He doesn't pretend about it, he likes nice things. Part of the the picture of this great giver, the fact that he likes nice things motivates him to work hard. It motivates him to go to work and it forms and is part of a context context of a tremendous giver. And I want to say that Swirly really is somebody, as a friend, he likes nice things. He doesn't he likes nice things and it's so cool. All our parts have a place. We don't have to like pretend and hide and Swirly really in our friendship, and especially in the end of our friendship, we both spoken very honestly and all is parts. The part of us that likes nice things—that's so cool—and that has a place in the picture of the servant of Hashem—that has a tremendous place. The one I know, the people that I know who are the biggest givers take the part. We all have, a, we all have some part of us that wants to take. When a guy dates a young lady, he's not thinking. I, I'm just a giver and want to give to. Her. He's thinking about taking. He has a pretty girl, a nice girl. but think she's going to be good to me. And his thoughts have taken, in the context of the most important giving of his life, he's going to marry her and give to her. And the taking and the want to, to have and to have became a piece of the puzzle in the life of a giver. It's all a question of what dominates, what controls what, what's in charge. Many people, there were great gedolim who liked nice things, and in the context controlled and, and Hashem gave them that tchun and it was used in the context controlled by Yeben Teireh. By a learner, by a giver, and one piece of the puzzle that actually has a place could actually drive the person and fit into the person, but it's it's under the power and the domination of Taira, of service of Hashem. So I just all of our journeys, all of the, all of us, the continuous journey of our life. We want the dominant factor of ourselves to be sincere service to be the part that's a giver, and then we take all our other parts and we find their, their healthy place. I wanna thank Reb really on behalf of everybody, it's relevant, there are new guys here who haven't met Reb yet. So to take your time and thank him, I wanna say like this, if you had no Shaykhs to him and he simply put impact in the yeshiva, you'll see over the year new guys come. Noah, new people will come who you have no connection to, I want you to meet because this yeshiva is not walls. We're the furthest thing from walls, we're ideals. And guys who came and sincerely served Hashem, sincerely brought courage and created a certain atmosphere, that's the yeshiva. The yeshiva is the guys. This summer, Rev. Arlie Weiss asked the cash on me. And he like teased, I'll speak a lot about the, the shittas, the theories of the yeshiva. And he said, what are you doing? you are your theories. What do you call the yeshiva's theories? What do you do, you're playing humble? The yeshiva holds the yeshiva. You're saying it, stop calling yourself the yeshiva. And the answer is a thousand percent not true. I was changed by this yeshiva. I met guys, I met guys who were willing to be honest and open. I grew up in a world, a very good world, beautiful people and I accomplished. I didn't know the world inside. And guys are teaching, and slowly I'm learning the world of the guys inside. When I say the yeshiva holds, I mean the collective yeshiva holds. I mean that I've learned it from guys, and together on our journey, we're discovering things. So, Stam, if somebody had no is to walk in, you're going to meet brothers this year, Noah. A guy's going to show up to yeshiva you never met. He created the environment you're living in. But by Rav Swully, it's more than that. By Rav Swully, he actually helped set up this nun. He stayed on and physically got the dorms clean. God knows that going from the camps here are very, very Lebedic. And to get it from where it was to where it is, is a lot of work. And I want to thank, really, on behalf of everybody, for all the years of dedication and care for the yeshiva, loyalty to the yeshiva, bringing his own journey. I want to thank Rav really, Cater for all his life. I want to share a vert. I want to share a vert. That's that's what I want to tell you today. But I want to dedicate. I want to dedicate this vert to him. Really, i wanna, I wanna. say a word, Avram Feldman. I want you to hear this vert. I want to share a vert with guy with, with with the chaver here. That's an important vert to me. That's a vert. It's not a vert. It's an important concept in Yiddishkeit to me. There's probably the least known mitzvah. Most, if you, if you poll Jews around the world, hidden around the world, sneaky, very few people know what this mitzvah is. Any guy who learned in this yeshiva for a period, a year, two, or three, knows this mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that's not widely known in the world. You could check it out. You'll see in the world that it's just not widely known. There's a mitzvah you came here and you learned about, it, and I want to talk about this, this incredible mitzvah, Binyamin. It says, it says ala Four words, Ellie. Ala I should say five words. Five words. It's in this past week's parasha of Kisei five words, Yasei Tiyelcha al Zanecha. Now, most people don't know. It's a mitzvah deraisa. You know, in our Torah, we have a command to put on tefillin. We have a command to wear tzitzis. We have a command to sit in the sukkah, blow a shafer. Eli, we have a mitzvah deraisa. Yasei Tiyelcha zanecha. Now I want to say mitzvahs are fascinating because mitzvahs, The Zayar calls mitzvahs etzahs. Calls them aden or something. He doesn't say the word etzah. It's a word, I forgot the word. Many times calls mitzvahs advice. Now it's very fascinating to call mitzvahs advice. Why would you call a mitzvah advice? They're obligations. And the Zayar is frequent, Avi, to call mitzvahs advice. Very strange. It's an advice to put on tzatzahs. You're obligated to put on tzatzahs. It's advice to put on tefillin. It's advice to sit in the sukkah. It's advice to blow the shifer. And yet the Zayar Yisrael frequently calls mitzvahs advice. Jacob, why is he calling mitzvahs advice? So I think there are two elements to every mitzvah. Every mitzvah is a klal and a prat. It's a generalization and a specific. What do I mean by that? Every mitzvah, blow the sheifer, is a command to blow the sheifer. But it also teaches you something about the service of Hashem. It's a klal. Besides a prat, a specific chiyuv, to blow the sheifer, it teaches me something in general about the service of Hashem. When the zayar calls mitzvahs advice, he's not talking about that it's advice to blow a horn. That's a chiyuv. He's talking about that you can plug into the Chiv and learn something and study it and learn advice about how to behave when you're not blowing the shoifer. In every job of your life, there's the shoifer aspect. As chasidim, there's a l'shem yichod we say before we do a mitzvah. And we say on every mitzvah, tar yag mitzvah satruyim 613 that hang on this mitzvah. In every mitzvah, there's the sukkah in the mitzvah. You know there's the sukkah in shaifer there's the sukkah in Sitzus? What does it mean there's the sukkah in the earth? Sitzus. Mm-hmm. Sukkah tells me how to serve God, and in every service of God, you listen to that advice, and you bring the sukkah element into it, Shleim. So it's important to study mitzvahs besides the command, their lessons about service of Hashem. So this mitzvah is a mitzvah that I want to learn. It's a very obscure mitzvah. It's not commonly known. It's one of the 613. Yasei ti'alecha al of course. I'm not going to go around and fehering. People who have been here before know what the mitzvah is. And new guys probably never heard of this mitzvah. I'd be shocked if one new guy could stand up and say, I know that mitzvah. <laughs> the mitzvah deraiseh of yaseid Lucha Allah Zanecha. Now what that means, what is this mitzvah? This command of Hashem. The command of Hashem is the Jewish armies fighting. And the Jewish armies fight every soldier as an obligation. It's very, very normal in wars of old, in wars of old, It's very, very, if if you study wars, it matters a lot to travel light. Wars are fascinating studies. If anybody's been following the war of Russia and Ukraine, the lines have not moved. They fought now for a year and a half and the lines are not moving. There's people, smart people who have studied this war, who are studying the war, have observed that the front, the lines are not moving. They fought a year and a half. They're moving like inches. The main front lines are not moving. It's very complex because tanks used to be the way, when an, when an, when an army digs in, it's very hard to get them out. Tanks became the equalizer. Countries would roll tanks and they'd move the front line. The problem is they developed they develop today sophisticated weapons that can blow up tanks. You could buy cheap. It costs pennies, and they now have pennies compared to the tanks, where they now have sophisticated, and it's, everybody's stuck. They can't move the front lines. It's not moving, because tanks used to move the front lines. You rolled in your tanks, so the nation that was richer, more powerful, can afford more tanks, Russia, in this case, would be the richer country, would take tanks and move Ukraine. Problem is now, for a few Gratian, the Ukraine has things that can blow up tanks. So now nobody can move each other's front lines. It's a big, big problem. They're trying to figure it out. Tanks became obsolete because they have guns that one guy can come and blow up 100 tanks. So now they can't move the front line. It's a big, big problem in war. They don't know what to do, neither side has figured it out, and it's just barely, barely moving. So war, how war works, what happens by war is fascinating. That's at least one theory of what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. Anybody who's watching it, it's like strange, get videos and study, look online, you can see where the lines are, nobody's moving anybody. There are no more tanks, they can't figure out how to move people. If you're, if you're in that position, you're stronger, you're a mochzik and the others can't come over. The bottom line is, is soldiers of old, it mattered a lot speed and moving and trying to overrun positions. And the very important basic of war is to travel light, so you could run fast. And the Jewish soldiers, besides the normal weaponry, carried more stuff. And what we carried is this mitzvah de Yaseit Yaseid Tilcha, Yaseid is a shovel. A Yaseid is a shovel. Yaseid Tilcha. Jewish soldier has a tziv deraisa to carry a shovel, Allah Zanecha on top of your weaponry. You have a nkiv daraisa to carry a shovel besides your normal weapons. Now that's fascinating. You don't want to travel heavy because it slows you down. That's not a good idea in war. In war, the swifter and quicker win. And yet, the Jewish soldier goes a little heavier. We looked weird, our army. Our army looked different. Every single army, they had bayonets, and they faced each other with whatever weapons, were the weapons of the time.ish The Jewish soldiers bizarrely clanking in the back of their, on the, in their sheaths or whatever they carry, their weapons, they had a shovel. And it was the mitzvah d'araisa of Gershin, You must have a shovel besides your weapons. That's a chiyuv d'araisa. What's the point, this mitzvah d'araisa? Soldiers lose control of their body. That's what happens by wars. I read an account of Normandy. A soldier describes you're on the battlefield and you hear shrieking the likes of what you never heard in your life and you realize it's you shrieking. Sounds come out of your body that you don't control. You're completely out of control. The typical soldier uses the facilities against his will. He soils his garments. You become like an animal. People are dying all around. Bullets are flying. People lose bodily control. If you know, if you study the severe PTSD, soldiers come back and they struggle with something for fifty decades later. 10, 20, 30 years, the basics of PTSD is at that moment you feel like an animal. You have no control of your body, and it's very, very difficult to then later on feel I'm human again. You walk around deeply, I'm an animal. Identity, that's what a person feels, I don't feel human, I don't feel human. That's at the core of PTSD. Somebody goes through a traumatic experience, And their identity, it's not so easy. It's not now, normal. If I felt that way then, it becomes my identity. I feel that's who I am. People who struggle with addiction, even at other moments, if they would function and thrive, but the sense of that moment that I was out of control, that I behaved a certain way, I live with an identity, I'm an animal. I'm not human. I'm not, I can't fool myself. And the mind will go back to those moments that I felt and experienced a certain way and it dominates who I am. And the danger of any war is the danger of feeling I'm an out of control guy because that's what happens during war. And the Jewish soldier has a shovel in his backpack. And the shovel is a point of dignity that if he uses the facility, clean up. If he uses the. Tielachal is the point. The Chachutz, when he's outside, the Chafartva, dig with it and cover the Kisisa Cover that which comes out of you. Dignity. Dignity. To use the facility in a dignified way. Now, this didn't have to be a mitzvah. Hashem could, you know, soldiers, we could figure things out. Not everything's written in the Torah. What a fascinating... Our Torah commands a Jewish soldier, carry a shovel, for if you lose, use the facility and you lose control, you're going to cover that which you did. You're going to act dignified. Now it sounds the second day of this month. What a, if you thought Waterbury is weird? It's getting really weird. The second day of this month, I came here to learn about a mitzvah de reis, that if a Jewish soldier loses control, cover cover yourself. Bring along a shovel. He it's a da To bring a shovel is the realization: I am a dignified human being who may have a difficult moment, who may have a loss of control who may in the moment of bullets flying lose control wow. but I'm a dignified person and he carries a shovel in his backpack sure. now you come to waterbase are you planning on being in the army if, if there, there may be some people of a dream Israeli army American army cool so we came here but the average guy here is not planning on being a soldier but in the army and yeah, we so came here I don't know we came here with the civil rights I learned Besides your weaponry, carry a shovel, a mitzvah d'areisa. I cannot think of a more relevant mitzvah d'areisa to all our lives. And I think the battle for our lives is a battle for identity. Who am I? What am I? What am I about? What's my essence? And the Jewish soldier who is acknowledged by Hashem, that every shoulder, do you know, In the army, there's always a tremendous amount of promiscuity, always. It emerges from time to time about people doing terrible acts, terrible acts of all different types of acts. In Eretz theres I don't know too many people who don't hold of having an army. If a country would be all from, of course we should have an army. There's no controversy about an army. I don't know, maybe there's some quack somewhere, I don't think there's a person, a a, a nation has has an army that's basic to a nation. The question about yeshiva bacham fighting an army, the way I understand it, I don't represent anybody but myself, but of course a person fights an army, and if we have a from country, fighting an army. The problem is that it's very, very vulnerable to be a soldier. Because war brings out dark places in a person and brings out moments of discontrol where people lose bodily control. And the danger if there's not the proper care and love and supervision and encouragement of a person stop feeling human and stop being a human being is a danger of armies. There's a lot of conversation about inappropriate behavior specifically among soldiers. The correlation is, is that you stop feeling human because there's a loss of bodily control. And that's very, you could look and study PTSD, the sense that I lost my humanity. I'm not a dignified, precious soul. I've lost the sense, I've become very physical. The nature of the danger on the battlefield makes a person feel like a cow. It's just bare instinct and survival. I lose the humanity, I lose my das, my seichel, all the parts and the elevated parts of self on the battlefield it's just survived and instinct dominates and takes over the person. And the Jewish soldier, all while this is happening, has a tzifu, he has a shovel that's clanking on his back that's telling him, retake dignity that's telling him if something comes out of your body and your clothing are soiled and something happens, you have a shovel clean up. You're a dignified human being, a beautiful person. And that sivu, yav is a rallying call to me, a rallying call to every single yid, to every single yid, a rallying call of identity. I was there, Rev. Don Segal said, I heard this with these ears. The great Torah giant, Rabdan Segel, that's sad. Rabdan Segel. Rebdan Segel is half the year in America, half in Eretz throw. He's a mashkiach, He is a very, very holy person, Rabdan Segel. He's a sad. He does not talk. I believe he's not talking today. I don't think he talks. Jacob from a Chodesh Elul, till after Yom Kippur, those 40 days. I don't think he talks for 40 days. He's preparing for Yom Kippur. So I don't think he talks, now. my understanding. He is a, a giant of a Yid, a tzaddik, a very, very special Yid. He has a special needs son to watch him take care of that son. Incredible, incredible human being, Dan Segel. He's in America half the year, in Eretz Yisrael half the year, very, very big tzaddik. I heard done Segel say that Hashem takes away the choice from every Yid and allows the Eitzahara to entice a Yid to do an Avera and it becomes the challenge of his life to say, Who are you fooling? You know what you've done. Really? The Eitzahara entices the person to sin, the person's been through something, I would say the biggest threat to our nation today is shame. This is in Hasidish, yeshivish, modern, it doesn't differentiate communities. But there's a lot of access today, and the youngster who doesn't feel like a human being. And it says to him, you know what you did in 7th grade, 6th grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, the sense of shame that's so prevalent, Reb Dunsagel spoke about it, And the battle is a battle for identity. Yasei ti'alchal hazanecha. To always carry a shovel which announces that deeper than all, I'm a dignified human being. I'm a precious, elevated, sincere human being. I'm a soul that's precious. Yeah, there are challenges. Yes, there's difficult moments. Yes, there are mistakes. All true. But what, what's, what's deepest at my core, what's most, most true, is a dignified, beautiful human being. I can't think of a mitzvah. Somebody, one of the barakim, the yeshiva, is an artist, and he put up Asher Yatsar signs around the yeshiva, and he had the shovel, he had a picture. He tried to, to, he tried to work off of azanecha. the dignity and sense of of, of preciousness that is a human being, that to have a shovel, ya, I think this, I think this this mitzvah that commands the soldier that there may be moments of loss of control, that there may be moments that you 're relegated to very physical and you 're only in touch with your physical, but to always remember the deeper truth that was something more dignified and more and we're something more than a behemoth with something with something deep and profound and elevated and to always keep that in mind that's the eighth of this mitzvah so the safety of the mitzvah is to carry a shovel and that's relevant only to soldiers the eighth of the mitzvah is relevant to any human being who is alive today that yasay telachlazanach to always find a way to find now I could you could ask so what's the sh- what's our shovel what's our figurative shovel and each person I can answer the question it's it's a good question it's a question I ask myself but to find ways and and this is something that every year has to figure out ways that in their identity in their identity to always remember profoundly that who I am. One of the first prayers we say every single morning, waking up, my soul is pure. It's one of the first statements a Yid makes every single morning. There's a reason we're starting the day with that. And, and a lot of the struggle of our existence is a struggle for identity. Who am I? Who am I? We're living in an age when people are asking identity questions. Who am I? Who am I? People are asking these questions. I don't look at it as a generation that was so crazy, you have nuts today, they're even asking, am I this, am I that, what am I? actually I actually think it's cool. It's not cool that people don't know who they are. What's cool is that people want to know who they are. I think that's cool. Because I think people are looking very optimistic. We're not just saying, just do and forget. Forget your insides, no. There's a generation that's saying, I'm not forgetting. What am I about? What, who am I? Identity. And this mitzvah daraisa that focuses, that don't lose sight of who you are. Yase til Carry a shovel. So I thought that Rev headed to work. To work in a yeshiva, it's easier to remember your identity. Everything in a yeshiva screams and announces to us, I'm a yid. I'm a ben It's very, here you don't have to carry a shovel. The very yeshiva is an announcement, is a, is a tremendous, powerful announcement. You can't be in Durham, you can't watch people get close to Hashem and not have a sense of who we are. I learned, I, in ninth grade, I finished getting in ninth and tenth grade ten times. I am much closer to Hashem because of the guys in the yeshiva. I have met guys struggling who barely open a gemara are closer to Hashem than I was in 9th and 10th grade. I did Today, guys who have thought about it and discovered their inside, that place that craves God, and there's tremendous panemius here that lives in this yeshiva from the guys. And I want to say that being in this yeshiva and being around the guys, it's very easy to remember who you are because I see, the, I see people pushing towards the right, I see souls, I experience searching souls, discovering souls, so it's very easy. And I've really worked here and learned here, you learned in a place, I think this is a place of, it's, I consider D- Durham and Werbe the safest place in the world. It's safe because people express, it's safe because people are in touch with insights. So I consider it very safe. And the deepest safetiness is knowing that we're searchers, fellow searchers, trying to grow, trying to connect to Hashem, trying to be more authentic. <laughs> I think it's a very safe place. I think leaving this place, Erev if headed out there and going to work, and I wish him and making tremendous amounts of money it will be good for the Jewish nation. I want him to support his wife and children, Be'ez Hashem, Beravchus. But going on out there... <laughs> Yeshiva won't refuse anybody. But going out there going out there and accomplishing going out there and accomplishing, mm-hmm. I think in the world it's very, very dangerous identity. I think it's a world that things don't announce to us, who are we? And in the pursuit, it's a beautiful pursuit to make money, to, to, to and to the parts of us that want to take from the littlest of ages we're grabbing mine. It's not a bad part of ourselves we don't lose the part that wants to take. It gets under control of the part that wants to give. Avram, you hear what I just said? We don't lose the part of us that wants to take. It just gets owned by the part that wants to give. So the taker, the guy who's making big money and he's giving stuck and things, he still wants to take. It's just owned by the part that wants to give and he takes and gives meiser and chaimish and much more. His system is healthily owned. We don't lose the tibis nashim. it's wonderful. It's just owned by the giver and he takes care of his wife. So all our parts have a place. The danger of going out there, it is not bad that we're a physical body. The instincts aren't bad. The soldier's instincts cause him to survive. The danger is that he just becomes that. When he just becomes that, it leads to znus. He becomes just an animal. It wasn't bad that he's also instinctive, that he also has that part of himself. It's not a bad part of himself. The danger is to lose the other parts of himself and the Jewish soldier has a shovel. So my parting message to Rev Shrilli, upon exiting the yeshiva, I don't know what your version of a shovel is. It might be the seder we have, it might be friendships, <coughs> There could be all versions, but yase tiyel halah zanecha, on top of all your weaponry, that all the tools that we need to fight in this world, we have to have a yase that which reminds us of our dignity that which reminds us of our humanness, that which reminds us of our godliness, that which reminds us of our largeness. So my bracha, my tefillah, my bakasha for and going out there to the world, he's, he, you learned here, you worked here, to go out there and work is, is awesome. All of us one day will support a wife support children. It's chesed, it's awesome to go out there, chesed to ourselves, to our wife, to our children is awesome. Never forget what we are, the soul, never forget who we are. So that's my Dvar Torah, that's the Mitochah Zachreyu to Reb and my Bakash of a tremendous, tremendous Hatzlacha and all that you do. I'm going to ask Ellie. That maybe Srili really will share something with us. Maybe he won't. I, have, I want to get to Musavad. We're starting very late today, but I felt first to speak about this. Avrami, maybe it wasn't so bad that we learned this, but I do want to... Um, I do want to get to Musa, but there has to be a song, and then Rev Sroli will have the opportunity to either speak or just give a bracha, or to pass entirely. That will be his choice. Ellie Dax, if you can come forward. Where? Stop, come what? Uh, <laughs> Shloim and David are both at weddings. Is that a true fact? Stop, stop sharing. All oh, right, Schleim is at a simple matter <laughs> <either> of <way. laughs> Ellie, his brother Ellie, is making an up This is a new level, right? I'll you, the next Ellie, yeah. hey. 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 straight from a white my Okay, okay. I want. I'm going to share what the words mean. Avrami, I'm going to share what the words mean, and then I want Ellie to sing it. It's not fair. He sang by wedding last night. The voice, and he doesn't have musical accompaniment. But I want you to learn these words. Klal Yisrael is saying with David Hashem Iri every night and every morning Yisrael during Elul. I'd like to share what the following: a Bacher and Menachem Razner, a beautiful person, composed the song, Jacob, on these words. So I want you to learn the words and hear the song. The words are, Ki mi What? Ki mi I'm going to get things exact words oh, should I read it about. Buying time for <laughs> <laughs> the- oh, you, I wonder. The- the words are. <speaking in Hebrew> my father and mother will forsake me. Hashem Yasphani. Hashem will always take me in. I remember once singing this song in my house. And a guy who had been neglected by his parents started crying. And he cried, it dawned on him, my father and mother could forsake me, Hashem will take me in. The question becomes, though, all of us will be parents. David Amelach did not speak to only like somebody who had a traumatic father relationship to dad, to mom. What about in a healthy situation? Guys, parents will love him. So these words, my father and mother will forsake me and Hashem will take me in. You're talking about a father who loves his son, connected forever, unconditionally. A mama loves his daughter, her daughter, unconditional love. A tata and a mama. Not conditional, not if you're a good boy, then no, no, no. I love you, I love you, I love you. And this Pasuk says, my father and mother, how do I think in terms of my own children? Hudi Kalish this morning Davin, and he said, my father and mother will forsake me and God takes no, me in. Won't. I love the guy, there's nothing in the world he could do that I would leave his side. And yet he read, I he, I up he, I'm sorry? I the I yeah. <laughs> he didn't say it, and I'm still not leaving his side. So. <laughs> My father and mother will forsake me, and Hashem. What's it, who are we talking about here? A father, a tender who loves his child, a mama, and it says, "Ki avi azavuni, Hashem Okay, so it's only relevant to that. Even so, as he says, "Even if it would be so," he means even, even. Ki avi even such a thing, even if you would have a child. And this parent, for sake, I don't know if there's such a child. the parent, for sake. Is there... Avram, I want to pause for a second. Is there a parent in the world, what is the main prayers of any normal parent in the world? What If anybody would come into my prayers, what are the main prayers that a parent has in the world? Viggy, what are the main prayers? In an honest way, I would say... What are the main prayers of a parent? Any parent in the world? Viggy, yeah. For their kids, yeah, yeah. Every parent. Your dream, I'm not telling what you say. Any, any is 100% Jacob. Who are parents praying, Jacob, for their kids? That's the deepest desires for the health of their kids, emotional, physical, spiritual. Ruchniest of our children. We're praying for our kids, Avram, A parent prays for his child. Do you know the deepest prayer ever of a parent to that child? I wanna I wanna tell you, Vinyumin, the deepest prayer ever. Danny, as you one day yummy, you're gonna have children, yummy, and you're gonna pray for your children. You're going to pray one day for your children. In Yisrael, you're going to pray for your kids because you're going to care deeply. Hashem made it. A parent, a parent cares deeply for your kids. You pray. Do you know the deepest prayer for your children, Noah? The deepest prayer in the world. Prayer is not what you say. You say it. What is the word prayer? What does leh mean? What does pilel mean? What does pilel mean? To think. Rashi says Machshav, it means to judge also, Danti, Rashi. The other is Shainim say, Raya Panecha lo'y piloti lo'y chashavti. Pilal means to think. The deepest prayer is your perspective. Wow. What you see, what you think. The deepest prayer in the world, Vigi, for your child is when, you, when you're patient and loving no matter what. What you, your prayer is, I love my kid, he's my child. It doesn't matter. He did this. He did this to me. My big dreams. He's my kid. It's the deepest prayer of your life. You save the world when you have that prayer. When you are patient, understanding, loving, and caring for your child, no matter what he does, he's not a nachas machine. He's not exactly what you dream. He's my child. He's my child. She's my kid. And there's love, patience, understanding, respect. Tzviki, that's the deepest prayer of your life. You cause tremendous blessing, because what are you unleashing? God with your children. A dad loves his child. A mother loves her daughter. A mother loves her son. A parent loves their children. You unleash Rachmei Shemayim. When a person loves and cares and takes care of and respects, and it's not about the production back. Jacob, it's the deepest prayer of our life. The biggest prayer you will ever give in your life is one day you're going to have a child and you're going to be loving, understanding, patient, even if the child's not doing exact and not as manipulation to get them to do exactly your dreams. But it's just my child. That's the deepest prayer of your life. You know what you're saying? A dad loves his child. You unleash dad loves his child. The dad loves his child. Hashem hears that. That's the deepest prayer of your life. He you said "As a dad loves his child. The Rachmei Shemayim that come from that, somebody who's part of our Chabura, the mother for 18 years took, took care of a special needs child. She poured love into that kid. She didn't get Nachas back. The kid wasn't capable of giving Nachas back. You know the depth my that prayer? A mama loves her daughter. You know the Rachmei Shemaim that comes out of that? It's profound there. A, a parent loves a child. It's deep. It's deep. That's, that elicits tremendous Rachmei Shemaim. It brings to the world. A parent loves a child. That's what it brings out. I've said many times, there's a place in Eretz Yisro. It's called Yadav Shalom. Um, Avshalom was a wayward child of David Amelech. He tried to kill his father. Can you imagine a child being so wayward, trying to kill their dad physically? Try to kill his father as Avshalom chased David Amelech to extinguish him. I can't fathom the pain of such a father. I can't fathom. I I can't even say I'm visual. I can't visualize it. I refuse to try to picture that in my own children. I can't I can't tell you I can relate to that level of pain. The child tried to kill the father. And David Amelech prayed for Avshalom at a wayward, a sick child. And he prayed eight times, he said, God, B'ni is my son. And he prayed eight times B'ni. Now in Eretz Yisrael, there's a place where they have some memorial for Avshalom. No intelligent person prays there. He was a bad dude who tried to kill his dad, Jacob. You don't know anybody, you'll never meet a guy in your life who comes back, I don't think. It's an, I prayed by Yadav It's not a place of prayer, it's a place of a wayward son who tried to kill his dad. Yet there was one man, Jacob, who went and prayed there. Reb Chaim Shmuelav. It's Reb Chaim is the Sheshiva of the Mir. In my family, he's very important. He was my father's Rebbe. And Reb Chaim Shmuel Lovitz was a beloved Rosh Shiva of the Mir in Eretz Israel, a beautiful person. And he went at least on one occasion and perhaps more to pray at Yad Av Shalom, at, a, at, this, at this place. Somebody asked him, nobody prays there, you don't pray at Yad Av Shalom, it's a crazy place. He went there at a time of need to pray there. And he said that I feel here is a place to pray that God will your children. And David Amelech said on this wayward son, my child, and a father loves his son unconditionally and he demanded from Hashem, we your children. And he prayed at Yadav Shalom remarkably because that was the deepest prayer of David HaMelech's life. He's my son. He's my son, Hashem. That unleashes, we your children, Hashem. It's not dependent on behaviors. So what does it mean my father and mother will forsake me and God takes me in? Let's say they don't forsake me. So if a parent is is not a focused parent, loses sight. Let's say a parent is very focused. And I want to say that parents are limited. Parents die, they don't mean to, but they die after 120. And then we're left without parents. Now they're in Shemayim and they're praying for us and they care, but parents leave even what's out of their control. Many a child is mad at their parent for dying. And that even in life, there are places that a parent is limited. And with a parent, all what a parent means, every parent has the experience where you feel, I just wish I could do more, I can't help more. And that's what David Amel says, Ki vi'imi azavuni, even in that place, the healthiest, most loving, most caring parent, but there's a place where it's beyond what they can't know, they can't help, they can't reach there. Hashem Yisafeni, Hashem takes me in there. Hashem's always there. Hashem's always. He's a loving parent who does it. There's no area there he can't go. There he can't reach. Hashem Yisafeni, Hashem takes me in. So it's beautiful, beautiful words that all of Kalal Yisrael is saying. I'm going to ask Eli, I feel, do you mind? Go. No. If you could sing it for the Hevra, and then we're going to hear from Yisrael. i
1: I was myself. Oh, yeah, Yes, Oy are the Tad, we are the Ye me Kiavi. Yavu ni, oi wa Hashem, oi Hashem, yazveini. Ki yovvi,
0: Let's sing it together That was awesome gorgeous El
1: you can you key us ah, <singing> love
2: I came to yeshiva the last couple of weeks of my second year of this, my mean, I would be in eighth year now. So, it's a lot of years of, I guess you're the seventh year of the guys that I'm seeing. When I first came, I'm not, uh, I don't have a little forewarning, I don't have, I don't have advice for anyone or, or uh, like a lesson or a vart, I just have, you know, a story. When I first came, it was, it was yeshiva was very different, I was in a house with Nahum. And, uh, there you go. Um, yes, for a shout-out. Um, <laughs> but I was in a house with Nahum, and, and the guys that are, were here a long, long time ago, Eitan Hagler was my roommate, Chaim Galich is my roommate, sure Roth was in the house. Um, Ezra Shulman was here then. When I first came, Rezi was still here. And most of the dorm counselors now were still in high school. Avid Bertram was... Is it a- still in high school. No, he was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um... It's been, it's, like, at it, the last, asked me, I think at 1.30, I must have been scheduled for two. So I knew I had, like, an extra 15, 20, but it was still, like, 45 minutes to to try to sum up a bunch of years. I I I didn't go to Waterbury I d I didn't go there for high school and when I when when I first, I remember Vikillish in Heller a couple of some, over different summers and um I remember actually after twelfth grade when Durham was opening up he told me, I come be a dorm counselor and I it wasn't it was like uh there's like, well, no shikas, I'm going to Bismedrich, like I didn't whatever and two years later that's where I was. And um i came like i I went to regular high school i i definitely had certain like skills coming in i i i knew how to learn and i i had some skills but i wasn't it it didn't i didn't learn a lot i didn't i wasn't like connected. to it i did two years of base measures i went to base measures in brooklyn i did two years i wasn't i wasn't partying but i wasn't i wasn't like serious i I just i just did it I, i just did it i just went through the schedule and when I came, I remembered like Aria was very, I knew Arya from before, that's really how I got here. And, and he was like bothering me, like yeah, you're, not, you're not gonna be able to learn when you're there. And mm-hmm. I was like, it was like a little, what's um, the? Uh, Challenge? What's the word in Is your, um Monsheri, sure. sure, right? It was like little, I'm gonna, you know, let me prove him. So then I had like a certain amount of hours, I'm gonna do a day. And then when when the two months that that yeshiva closed down started, it was, I, was, I, was, I stayed by Rebbe for a bunch of weeks. And I like I was waking up late. It was nothing going on. I remember like we're not gonna know how long this goes on for, and like, like uh, you know, I gotta decide like what do I want to do here. It can't just be a vacation. And that's when I really like I plugged into learning. And I, I didn't do it before then. I, I for for a number of years after that, I was I was I mean I was extremely extremely serious about learning. And it's. I, I don't know where to like, uh, it's, it's, there's no place to start. Like I, there's not like things I got here. I didn't get like, like, like some, I, I started working. I mean, I started in Yeshiva and I started working a year and a half ago, but two years ago, I, I, from there I, I've gotten things. There's tons of skills I could tell you that I have now that I didn't have before. I, I didn't get skills from Waterbury. I, I, anyone that knows me, now, we, we know each other well, now, very, very well, a long time. And I, you know what I became here. I, I didn't i wasn 't something before I became here. I was a person but i, I, I wasn 't something i wasn't wasn't i wasn 't pathetic I, there was just nothing there was nothing there it wasn 't like developed there was nothing developed all the development that it happened here even i, I went to the Mir for a year i, I lived here I, I, everything I had was from here like you talk about like planting seeds like every seed was planted here it was watered here it grew here and it, it, everything I got was from here i was going I was thinking like Almost all of my, my close friends today are all people that I know through here. Nakhon, Avi Bertram, uh, Yitzi Spiro, I mean, you go on, like, my close, close friends, Daniel Klein, they're all people that I met through, through Waterbury. This is not, I, I, like, part of, like, I'm trying to, like, comfort myself, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, like, this is not, like, I'm not done, like, like, okay, like, I'm gonna go live somewhere else, I have, I'll be, I'll be around. And these are relationships that I'll keep up. And everyone, if I don't know you, you definitely reach out. But you're all welcome. Come, come visit in Florida. Um, and like this is it. It's definitely not like goodbye. Like I, you can't, you can't, you can't have a goodbye from here. Like this is the place you you live. Like I the rest of my life. Like I live here. We we were made here. There's um. I I have a favorite spot on campus. It's not, it's not like a hidden spot. It's by, by the Dover. If you know, next to the mystic, there's the Dover. There's a tree right by that tree. If you, if you, there's like, it just, it's like elevated there. So you look at it, you can see like far. And like, there's all these houses, these random people. I don't know who would ever move to Durham, Connecticut, but all these random people that live here, like, and you picture their You try to like understand other people's perspectives. Like their fight, like they're gonna, you know, like let's shut, shut Durham down. Like there's kids there maybe doing drugs. You know, like they have like some like, like, do they get the magic that, like, they're so close, they're so close, they're right here, you go on Pent Road or the road right here, like, they're so close. Like the magic that exists here, how many thousands of people have come here and, and be it for two months or for seven years, of, like this has been their home. And, and they cannot be here now and there's, there's th- for sure thousands of people in Eretz now and throughout America and probably throughout the world that, that even though they're never here, this is their home. And like, I was I was lucky. I had like an opportunity. It came up. I had an opportunity to be able to give back in a little a little way. It like it's a crazy crazy opportunity. I I, I didn't realize. We were, when we were talking the other night. Like I didn't I didn't realize like what what I had. Like like no no one gets that here. We all we all get so much from here. Some some of you are new and, and you're just starting to get it. Some of you have been here longer than me. And 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 we, we've gone so 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 much from here. And we all have an opportunity to give back. And Rebbe said it, like we all, Rebbe, what's so cool about what you built here is that everyone built it. It's a new, uh, how many years, right? This is the seventh year that I've watched people saying, this place sucks compared to last year, right? And then three months later, they love it again, right? Because it was, but it's a different place. It was recreated. Every year this place is recreated. So we all have that opportunity. And, and, but a little bit of it stays from last year. Like you always have that opportunity to give back. And I, I was lucky to have maybe even like a, a little more of a major role to, to be able to give back. And like leaving here, it's, it's, um, it's so, it's so, so I'm not like, the guys that know me, I don't know if I'm the most emotional person. This is, it, it's so emotional to leave here. It's crazy. This is, I, I walked the amount of times I've walked around the circle. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I didn't know how to think before I was here. I, I didn't, I didn't know. I, I have things that I do now. I'm, I could say, I'm I don't, sense like a, am not arrogant, like I don't think I'm better, but I have things I'm very good at doing. I, I didn't know how to be good at things before. It wasn't like something, I, I didn't know how to do that. You talk about, like Rabbi said, like the dignity you get here. Like, is it, you, could, you could walk around like, like, a, like, a, like a healthy, like, Stoltz, like, like I, I don't need anything. Like, you, you became someone big, big here. All of us, I, many, many of you I, I was here with for a long, long time relationships you are there's nowhere in the world relationships are like this there's nowhere like I mean there are, now there is because it's spread around but th- this is not like real I-, I went back to my high school a couple months ago my rebbe from high school got honored he-, he he actually moved to Boca so and I was and we had a very very real conversation I- I, saw, I I was very you know moved by I was close to him in high school but my close to him in high school was like you would tell him what rule you were breaking and he would and he was a better lawyer that would convince you out of it. And that was a close conversation. We had a real, real conversation. He, I saw he was, like, shaken up. Even the next night by the dinner, he was getting honored. There was a lot going on. He, like, pulled me aside. He was shaken up. Like, people don't have this, what we have here. And it's... I, I, I'm, I'm not telling you to take advantage of it. I, I don't even know what that means. Like, if when, when you connect to things, you, you, you connect to them. But there's so much here. And... I, what's this what's the story you remember a while ago with Arya with like ruf Chaim, with the kolal you remember that where it, 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 was, it was like oh, yeah, 500, 500, times, 500 times that uh-huh. can you imagine how many times you're getting can you imagine this place is like it's an it's it's not just you know the the like that that line they have like uh, if you feed uh you teach a man you give a man a fish or whatever it is for the day you teach a man a fish like this is like an endless endless thing you, you taught us like the skills of life it's cr- it's crazy, and it, it was, and and it, and it came from this way of not like I I was thinking I've probably I've probably been to I've been to hundreds and hundreds of mussar from Rebbe at this point probably close to a thousand, and th- with all that, like the the what w- what it's rooted in is is, is that far from Ladava that 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 when when there's all these things that other people can't be there for and other things like someone's here for you. If it's gonna be Rebbe, if it's gonna be another guy, if it's just the whole yeshiva, if it's just this place, for a lot of people, I think it's this room. That, it, every, it's, this yeshiva is here for you. There's like there's people to go to. I, I, my, I'm sorry, my thoughts are like it's completely not collected. I'm I'm all over the place. It's just like, it's like pouring out. Like this is a, it's a long long time I've been here and the, there's so so much. I've been through many many different stages here. Like the, there's, I, I'm Rebbe. You, you know I. I most of them are in public, but like you, you right? In so many different guys, and it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's uh, I, I. I thank you all for the new guys that that you know. you're as part of it as 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 the guys that were here before. It's like, as cliche as it is, there's a reason things are cliche, and, and it's it's one massive family. And like in most families, things aren't always smooth, but it's just one massive family, and I, 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 I really I thank you all for it, Rabbi. I, I. <laughs>
0: There's enough, There's a word I wanted to share in Muserad today, and we'll get there yet. We didn't start, Muserad. We're, we're, we're talking about Swarili today. We have Swarili at banking. There's a word I want to share with you. I want to say that we don't have a monopoly on truth here, and it's dangerous. You're allowed to not be real here. Nobody has to be real here, never. You, I promise you don't have to be real. We all have fake and real, I promise. I dab and this there's fake and real. I want to speak mess really, there's fake and real. I Inside, if I would be vulnerable for a minute, there's somebody who was here for many, many years, and we've had a relationship, and like anything, there are ups and downs and complications, and human beings. What, what, what Waterbury is, to say it's a place of real... We love. I, I do not get upset at fake because I accept the fake in me. I don't call schools fake. There's, there's realness in schools. Everybody's, everybody's trying to work to real. What's here is an honest attempt to be mechazic towards real. It's very dangerous to make a place that only has real that's not healthy because it's not human. We're human. We have parts. Any guy, we just had a mencha in Yeshiva 115. Every shakal was real. Every word was true no such thing, not all my words were real real means you're there, you're in conscious contact you mean it, it's a journey towards real it's a place that cares about that journey to real, that's what it is we accept parts that aren't real, I love this about where you don't have to be real you just have to be towards real and trying to capture real trying to live more in that place, that's what the yeshiva is Reb Srili's journey has been beautiful, and it continues, it continues all our journeys. We don't like walk out of the yeshiva and like, we're, it's a lifelong journey of growth, of sincerity, of authenticity. So my bracha, my closing, just a real bracha to Rev Srili. I appreciate you a lot, I love you, I respect you, and I'm just wishing, I'm wishing tremendous hatzlach in every aspect. Of life, atzlacha and gashmis, making money, being successful career, finding the right zivug Bikar, building a beautiful home, gezund, and every physical health, emotional health, wealth, success in every aspect of your life, just continue atzlacha and everything. Thank you, family. Mussavad's gonna go. Most of was supposed to be at two. It's three twenty-one. Five minutes, Chava. Jacob, I asked for five minutes. What was that all? That was a goodbye to us. Really, I want literally. That. I understand that that was that was the most important. Mussavad, I want to share something with you for five minutes, Jacob. And and I want to share as follows. But literally, I was to stop mid sentence. It's three twenty-one. This is not. This is a five minutes, and I'm done. There's a nation that's never allowed to marry a Jew. Amon and Mayav, a nation never allowed to marry a Yid. We're very, very, we're not a people, we're the chosen nation, but anybody can become a Yid. Anybody, any guy can become a Yid. We're not anti-Goyim, not at all. It's a Mishnah, Chaviv and Adam. I, if I'm, I'm, this is, anybody here is a racist, get out of yeshiva, get out. I don't accept racism. Any type of guy. Racism is ridiculous, silly. Any guy is precious. And it doesn't matter color, this, I don't like that stuff. It's stupid. It's stupidity. It's defiant of the Torah. This is a place of respect. Any guy, any, a guy is precious. It's Don't put down a guy ever. It's against the Mishnah. A guy is precious. Any single guy. And any guy, by the way, if they want, can become a Yid. It could be Megayer, And we accept, the Gemara says one of the reasons we went to Golos is to pick up guy, is to pick up Goyim. Anybody can become a Yid, a convert. We're mitzvahed 36 times in the Torah to love Goyim. Anybody's welcome into this. If a guy wants to stay a guy, we respect him, appreciate him. As a matter of fact, our job is to be a light unto the nations, to teach them about Hashem, to be a role models of sincerity, authentic behavior, a godly type of behavior. That is the job of our life. Anybody can join this mission. There's a nation, Amin and Mayiv, that are not allowed to ever marry a Yid. an Amin and Mayiv Jacob can never marry a Yid. What did they do? I'm going to say the first crime they did, they They can convert. They just can't marry a Yid. They can marry each other. Even if they convert, they can. They can never marry a yid. Why? Because they didn't bring out lechem and mayim, bread and water. When we were traveling out of Egypt, they didn't bring food to us. We weren't so hospitable. We were traveling in the desert. It's very extreme. There were nations that pulverized us, and they were allowed to marry a yid. You know, Mitzrayim beat the stuffings out of us and killed us. You know, a is allowed to become a yin, a mitzvah converts, no problem. He marries our daughters, our children, no problem. They didn't bring, are you serious? Bread and water that he give us? We've been pounded. We've been pounded. And a guy's megeir, you can marry. Amin and Mayav are marked. These two people can never marry a Yid. You know why? They didn't bring bread and water to us in the desert. There's something mysterious. You know what the Ramban explains? The Ramban explains that we had a Zayd Avram who saved their Zayda light. Their Zayd was captured in war. It was languishing in jail. And Avram fought the war to save his life. And the reason they can never marry a Yid is because they don't have gratitude. Now Avram, listen to this. The main thing that we study in this yeshiva is gratitude. Akar Now, this is we Avram, this is why you're going to stay in whatever. Listen to what whatever is. In a secular way, listen, listen well to this Avram. Secular people tell their kids, say thank you. I don't teach Hudi to say thank you. Say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Westerners were very polite. Thank you. A kid hears a schmooze about gratitude. Amen and Mayev can never be yidden because they don't live with gratitude. Our grandfathers say their grandfather, they should have seen us and live with gratitude. They don't live with gratitude. Our essence! We're called Yehudim. That's our name. A name we said yesterday is who we are. We're called Ani Yehudi. A Yehudi svasem says, I am a thanker. Now... A guy, Noah, goes to a speech in a secular school and they speak about gratitude. He so, says, okay, he becomes a good boy. So he says, mommy, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude, he goes to the cook in yeshiva, the obligatory, call out the cook. And he says, thank you, everybody, cheers. You won't get that here because I'm striving for something deeper, Jacob. That's very superficial. Express gratitude. Gratitude is deep inside of us. Every single guy here, unless you're a narcissist, it's very instinctive to have gratitude. Is there a guy here who somebody gives you $100 Shemshi that you wouldn't appreciate? You gave me $100. Jacob, is there one guy in this room, do you think, who was handed $100 by somebody else who wouldn't be full of gratitude? It's natural. When we hear a schmooze on gratitude, somebody rips us, I better be firmer, okay, thank you, thank you. He goes to the cook after the meals. The goal is not to express, though expression's important. Gratitude is natural, it's to live truer to self. You have to ask yourself, if you eat in that dining room and you don't feel appreciation to the cook, You have to ask, why aren't you in touch with your insides? What's happening? Of course, the saying is important. (laughs) Saying might arouse something inside. The question to your mom is, why don't you appreciate? And you have to discover that. The goal is not to say thank you. That's Western. The goal is to appreciate and to live in that place. I don't want to just say thank you to Srili. I want to live in the place that I have gratitude. The man busted it to help the Yesheva for a long time. I want, saying thank you is good and you should express what you feel. There's a Bakr here who loves his mother and I felt he didn't express enough. And I pushed him. You have good feeling. And we, we discussed and he, and he said, I have to bring that out. And expressing could be more what you feel you have to ask yourself, it's not like say thank you to mom. I want my kids on a Friday night when they're eating the sutta to be like, one second, I played ball, I was playing tennis, mom was in the kitchen, wow. Now go and say the thank you, that's great, and the expression, the saying thank you can help feel it, the saying thank you, get in touch, I want them to live in the place of gratitude. It's not to be a good boy. Secular schools teach you and they say Shmozim, say thank you and okay. Then a bunch of good boys are like the guys who say thank you a lot. No, no. That's in us gratitude, live in that place. The Khaivas Halvavus who says the biggest mead of a Jew is to live with gratitude to Hashem, talks about what's our blockage. A father when I was in California said I have a daughter who has no gratitude. So I said, does she have a personality disorder? He said, no. Sometimes narcissism is a personality disorder and you could discuss where it comes from. It's a sickness and they don't feel gratitude. That's crazy. I said, is your daughter sick? No. So I said, what's the blockage? She doesn't have gratitude. And he told me the story and we discussed what, he wanted to know how he could teach her. So it turned out he had paid for something. Let's, let's, I'm making this of not what happened. I don't want to give the exact story. But let's say he bought her the nicest, newest car for $500,000. And she was clutching about the car. The car kept breaking down, let's say. She's like, there's no gratitude. I spent $500,000. I said, you realize it's very hard when your car keeps breaking down? If you would understand her, you know what she would do? she I really appreciate you bought me that car. You'd free up. Her pain is blocking her gratitude. Understand her pain, it will free up her gratitude. I'm not saying what she should do, what he should do, beside there. But gratitude is not this unexpressed, what's blocking my gratitude? Why don't, why aren't I? Pushed? My mother put a lot into me. The goal is not just saying thank you could be good advice the goal is to live in that place why aren't we more grateful why doesn't it hit us more why don't we look at mom with a certain look of somebody who did a lot for us are we too busy, distracted, upset frustrated with their own stuff and then you get into deep places the goal is to live in the place of gratitude not of course, and saying thank you is good I'm not against teaching your kids to say thank you I want my kids to say thank you to mommy I want it, and that's a deep place to be I want them to have. And to live in that place, mom works hard and loves them and gives them, does, their, does our laundry. Now I have to live in that place for them. My best thing, Herschel, better than telling my kids to say thank you, is to live in the place of gratitude. Amen and Mayav had no such place they cannot marry in. They're not Shaykh They didn't live in a place of gratitude. And therefore, they, it's not a punishment. They're not Shaykh. They have no shaykhs. our essence is thankers. They're not shy to thankers. They can't marry thanks. I don't know if Hashem built them that way, if it was their choices. Good questions. But Amen and Mayef can't marry you. They're not thankers. They can't marry the thankers. The goal of all of us is to try to get in touch. And when we don't feel it, it's not like to push us, I'll be a better boy, and say, if you don't look at the cook, and be like, he makes you breakfast that you might say, but he's just doing it for his own needs, and you have to grapple with that. The bottom line is is that he made you breakfast, lunch, and supper. It's very natural. You like lunch? A guy retarded it. Now, maybe we're too distracted, too busy, too frustrated. We have to ask ourselves, what's the blockage to gratitude? But it's not an external, it's a natural. It's being truer to ourselves. To be thankers, you know what's deep inside me and deep inside you? A thanker. When we say appreciate mom, it's not like... Be your, it's ask and what maybe something's blocking live truer to self the deepest place inside of me is I'm a thanker if you want to know who I am it's a little secret I'm a thanker you know the deepest place new you're a thanker now we have blockages to those deep places where you hood them we're thankers we're appreciative people ask yourself what's blocking that and we have all sorts of things and frustrations we have to There's something blocking something, so we can eliminate that. The goal is not just say thank you, it's live in the place of gratitude. Live in that place. Be alive, be more you. You hear what I'm saying, Maish? Sometimes the external activity of writing a letter to somebody who appreciates arouses, and in that place, we're like... It brings up, it, it brings up when we're in that place. I can get busy with stuff, and I think about a guy who came on determined to make things cleaner here, better. When I say it, it does help me like ah. When he when Surly really describes I really described spending a couple of years doing for the yeshiva. I'm like, like yeah like, so it, the expression of thank you could bring you the The goal is to live truer to self and be thankers it's the areas we're trying to get to the yeshiva we're not trying to produce good boys who say thank you we're trying to produce honest people who have the gratitude that we're born with but just being more in touch with self being deeper in there so Amin and maiv can never marry a yid because they're not thankers and the Jewish nation, are thankers, appreciative, they're full of gratitude. The reason i and I might punished harshly, they didn't bring out bread and water, is they should have been appreciative to a nation whose grandfather saved their grandfather. <laughs> you know what, to live in that place of gratitude, people who don't live in that place of gratitude can't marry a Yid who, who, who were, our essence is gratitude people. So this is something all of us, like a journey of our life, if we're not, if we ourselves don't get upset at yourself, if you don't feel, I don't know, I don't feel it, then you have to stop, stop and ask, what's blocking me? Hey, there's somebody who loves me. Hey, there's somebody who's giving to me. Hey, there's somebody who cares. What's my blockage on the gratitude? We can uncover and discover and then live in that place of gratitude, of appreciation, once we uncover what's blocking the gratitude. It's very natural to have gratitude to a dad, to a mom. They, 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 can't, they love us, they give to us, they do so much for us. The goal is to live in that place. I have very much appreciation that guys gave so long. I want to announce the schedule. This is the last day that must be two. Normally, lunch is one to three. We've been on a different schedule. There's no English yet. We're not starting the afternoon schedule yet. It's now 3.35. We're going to Davin Mincha in minutes. In two three minutes, we'll have a minion for Mincha. At four o'clock is basketball tryouts. Guys can try out or watch. It's actually interesting. There's the tryouts for the basketball team at four o'clock. The pool is going to be open. Chesed Hashem, the sun came out and the pool's going to be open at four o'clock. Also, guys can go swimming, so they'll be swimming and and the tryouts. On Thursday is the first day that we're starting the full schedule. of The orientation. We're going to have the normal one to three lunch on Thursday. 3.05, is going to be Mincha, Musa will be the normal 3.30. It will not go as long as it went today, tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be the normal. Lunch is one, 1 to 3. Mincha is 3.05, Musa 3.30. That will get the rest of the year, Musa 3.30. English is beginning tomorrow. I don't know the exact time. We're going to have orientation for everybody in here in the base mesh, whether a guy does English or not, whether a guy even graduated ready, we're going to talk about the afternoon program tomorrow, probably at four. We'll announce the exact times, and there'll be English, Musser will work at everybody's afternoon schedules.